0: You know, I had an idea like that once, a long time ago. Really? What was it, Tom? It was a jump to conclusions mat. You see, it would be this mat that you would put on the floor and would have different conclusions written on it that you could jump to. That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. Mom, I really like this. Cute. What's it made of? Wool. Like from a cow? Uh Uh-huh. Duh, Ashley, all wool comes from a cow. Catch me outside, how about that? Can I come into the out now? Laugh it up, fuzzball. Go ahead, make my day. Oh, yeah. you sounded like Dirty Harry just then. (gasps) (sighs) Ugh, idiot. What would you say you do here? Wow, the insecurity level with you guys is ridiculous. And every time something would go wrong, I would look at the camera and say, hey, what happened?
1: I, I believe you have my stapler. Hey everybody, welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind the scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, director, speaker, Arthur, author, Mark Archer. Silence! I kill you! <laughs> you can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. Are you threatening me? <laughs> I'm going to get through it this morning.
0: I am the great corner
2: <laughs> You're everyone's problem.
1: Exactly. <laughs> the struggle uh, is real. The struggle is real today. <laughs> All right, so we have a couple of screenings coming up.
2: Yes, tell them what it, in March. So tell them what they've won, honey. Uh huh.
1: Evansville screening at Visionary Ministries. That would be Saturday, March twenty third, six p.m. This is Central Time. Yes. So, um, when you go to get your tickets, we learned online. that the hard way the last time. Yes, when you go to get your tickets <laughs> online, it's Central Time, six p.m. It will reflect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Grace College in Winona Lake at the McLean Auditorium, Thursday, March 28th, 7 p.m. That's Eastern Time. (laughs) (laughs) But details and tickets available at dysphoriamovie.com, and more dates and locations will be added as we receive them. And if you'd like to bring dysphoria to your community, head on over to dysphoriamovie.com and fill out a screening request form. We'd be happy to talk to you about bringing this impactful film to your community.
2: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yes, indeedy. (laughs) So...
1: Fun stuff to talk about today.
2: Fun stuff, yeah. Well, just on a, you know, late breaking news, Lord de Rothschild
1: died. I don't know who that is.
2: The head of the Rothschild...
1: Dynasty? Dynasty. Uh-huh. Okay,
2: major globalist. Got it. Uh, major Satan worshiper. But uh,
1: I'm sure he had children and ha- they're all carrying on the legacy. Hash-
2: <laughs> hashtag Satan was trending on X after he
1: died. Oh, wow. He was a Satanist. Yeah.
2: And... um, That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So. (laughs) Moving on to other things. Moving on to things that are
2: are much more important. Yeah, we do have some more fun things today. Yeah. Um, So, we're going to talk about somebody named Alice Bailey today. Uh Uh-huh. Now, if you're not familiar with Alice Bailey, we have a clip from uh, our friend who was part of uh, the Mind Polluters Mm -hmm. and also part of Dysphoria. Yep. Alex Newman.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Alex Newman is, uh, he's become a good friend. We've, uh, we've enjoyed spending time with him and his family. Um, he really is pretty amazing to talk to because he knows so much.
1: <laughs> and it, what's even <laughs> more amazing is you can ask him a question and go from one subject and topic to the next. Mm-hmm. And it's like he has All of this – I don't know how his information is stored in his head. Like literally I I wish that I could remember everything that he remembers all the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've forgotten more things than – I mean it's just amazing. (laughs) Yeah. He's incredible. Um, Great journalist. Yes. Great journalist, author. Mm -hmm. He writes for the Epoch Times, The New American. He's got uh, a couple of streaming TV shows, Mm -hmm. um, Freedom Project he's part of. Yeah. Um, I, when we first started thinking about approaching him for the mind polluters, we heard him on Heidi St. John's
1: podcast.
2: And then I started kind of following him and I was watching his series called, uh, behind the deep state, which is on, I think it's still on YouTube, although he gets, he gets targeted pretty regularly by the the commies at at Google, but it's also on, um, rumble. So anyway, Alex Newman. So we're going to go back a few years to when we interviewed Alex and this was one of the things that, that we talked to him about when we were doing the mind polluters did not end up putting this into the story of the mind polluters, mm-hmm. but it's really important that, you know, because, uh, well, I'm just going to let him explain this This, this is, we're, we're going to show you the true roots of social emotional learning.
1: Yes, and for those of you who follow our newsletter, you know that we were are actively mm-hmm. working on a series. And we were hoping to have one, this first one with Alice Bailey released, uh, you know, by the end of this month. Mm-hmm. But, however, there is so much more. Oh, my word. And so talk about production delay. <laughs> <laughs> what we thought <clears throat> and the research that we had, we just added more to it. So until we get the full picture for everyone
2: yeah so uh, when, and when you're doing a a deep dive into somebody like alice bailey when we do a deep dive it we don't there's there's let me tell you how most people quote-unquote research mm-hmm. they get on google and they find a couple of videos and maybe an article that other people have done and they take their bullet points and make them their own yeah that's not how we work no we go and we dig deep, which means when I'm researching Alice Bailey, I go and I get her books.
1: First person account.
2: First person. And I'm reading her books. Uh-huh. Right? I can't. I don't have time to read all of them.
1: Your guys' heads would explode oh my word. if you read these books. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you want to take the deep dive, then I'll tell you which ones to start with here. We'll leave
1: a link in the show notes. Yeah. Absolutely,
2: um, but Alex is going to. yeah, you, you Okay. Buckle, buckle your brain in because uh-huh. Alex is going to uh, boggle, give you an overview, boggle your mind, uh-huh. here. and then, um, and then we'll talk some more because I've got some
1: excerpts. some select
2: excerpts from <laughs> just one of Alice Bailey's books that is really the the core of where SEL started. Right. Called um, Education in the New Age. But okay, so here is Alex Newman talking about Alice
0: Bailey. So one of the key people that you need to understand to understand what's really happening in the education system is Alice Bailey. And this is a name that to most Americans is completely unfamiliar, but it's a really, really important figure in where we came from and where we're going. And I'll give you two of the obvious connections. So we've talked a little bit about social and emotional learning. Now, if you go to CASEL's website, CASEL is the Collaborative for Academic and Social Emotional Learning, I believe it's the, the premier SEL organization. They'll actually tell you on their website, at least they did the last time I was there, they've got a history tab. You go to the history tab and they'll tell you that the idea for social emotional learning actually came up at the Fetzer Institute, and I had never heard of the Fetzer Institute. I was doing the, the investigation on this for the Epic Times, and so I, Fetzer Institute—that's interesting. Let's see where that leads. Look up the Fetzer Institute. Turns out it's this New Age occult organization founded by a New Age occultist uh, named Mr. Fetzer, and wealthy, wealthy guy, sports team owner, and all the rest of it. So I start digging into Mr. Fetzer's background. Turns out he was a disciple of Alice Bailey. Now, Alice Bailey is um, a very interesting character. So the first thing to know about her is that she was an occultist. Uh, she was the founder of the Lucifer Publishing Company. And that was the name of her publishing organization. It, it has since been renamed to the Lucius Trust, I think, because the Lucifer Publishing Company was just a little bit too obvious. But so this woman who, who really was, she was a disciple of Helena Blavatsky, another occultist, a Russian mystic. And, and the simplest way to understand their religion is just take the Bible and flip it totally upside down. So Lucifer in their insane view of things is actually the good guy. Uh, and and God, Jehovah, is, is this mean, evil, oppressive being who had imprisoned Adam and Eve in the garden and was keeping them naked and in ignorance. And then this wonderful being, Lucifer, the light bringer, uh, came to liberate them from this oppressive God. And so he brought light and wisdom and encouraged them to rebel and eat the fruit so that they could have knowledge, so that they could have an understanding of good and evil. And so they they really flipped the scripture upside down. God is the bad guy. Lucifer is the good guy. And you can imagine what consequences follow from this kind of inversion. Well, another thing Alice Bailey was big into, and this is not a secret. I'm not, you know, I don't have to speculate here. She was very open about this. She was in constant communication with these spiritual entities that she referred to as ascended masters. Now, um, these ascended masters were... You know, in, in her view, these wonderful teacher beings that were going to take humanity to the next level. And so as, as, as she recounted it, they would take over her body and then they would write these books through her, using her body as the vehicle through which the books would be written. Uh, one of the books that, that is directly related to education was called Education in the New Age. And I encourage people to read a copy of this book if you want to know where this is going. Uh, she actually explains that world federalism, a world government, is the goal of this. We're going to bring it about through the education system. She says it's going to be brought about through uh, a fusion of Marxism and neo-scholasticism. But she doesn't say this. Her demons that she that were writing through her say this, uh, and that they're going to use the methods of John Dewey to bring this all about. So fast forward uh, some decades, and uh, the United Nations—they've they, got a, a whole agency dedicated to education. It's called the UNESCO, the UN Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. And this was set up after World War II. Uh, the first guy who ran it, Julian Huxley, was the president of the Humanist Society. Also, incidentally, the leader of the uh, Eugenics Society—kooky, you know, Hitler ideas about some races is better than other races and you know what nonsense—and um, so since this agency was set up, uh, it was very, very clever deception. They were going to build peace into the minds of men. And, and if you disagree, then you hate peace and you love war, right? Uh, so a very, very clever marketing slogan. Uh, but what they said about doing is taking over education all over the world. So first it was every government on the planet needs to set up a government school system. Then it was every government on the planet needs their government school system to align with our international objectives. Then in 1990, they had this big meeting uh, in Jongtian in Thailand. They came up with the education for all initiative. Every government on the planet signed on to this idea where education was going to transform the values of our children. All children would have to learn from the same standards and so on. Um, Ten years later. They came together in Dakar in, uh, in Senegal and had the next meeting where they just came out of the closet and just said it. We're going to use the school system to fundamentally transform the values, attitudes, behaviors, beliefs of your children. Uh, and, you know, it sounds so nice, superficial. We're going to promote gender equality. Well, when you know what they mean by gender equality, you realize this is destruction of the family, radical feminism, uh, get all the women into the workforce so that we can take all the children and start educating them at earlier and earlier ages. So they have a really serious agendas behind these nice terms. Human rights is another one. Sounds so nice on the surface, but you dig down a little bit and you read their Universal Declaration of Human Rights, you see that you have no rights. In fact, in Article 29, they say none of these rights and privileges may be used contrary to the purposes and principles of the United Nations. So you you have to read through the UN doublespeak to understand what's going on, but they really were open about they want a global education system where all children would learn the same nonsense. And so they had uh, one of their operatives, his name was Robert Mueller, he was the uh, Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations, and he was tasked with creating the World Core Curriculum. Now, this World Core Curriculum, yeah, you can still read it on UNESCO's website. They've still got it posted there, and you can read what they say about it. They say this should be taught in every school on the planet. This is a direct quote from uh, Robert Mueller. And uh, you know, he, he had been educated in Germany and in France, and uh, he said you know, it's terrible that nations are teaching their own children to be nationalists and that leads to hatred and blah, blah, blah. So if we could just have a global education system where everybody learned this world core curriculum, uh, everything would work out great and we'd all be one happy civilization. Now for Christians, this has really serious implications. Okay? Uh, for one, this guy, Robert Mueller, believed that the United Nations, and these are his terms, was the body of Christ. Christians who've read their Bible know that the body of Christ is actually the church, not the United Nations, a collection of mass murderers and gangsters and tin pot dictators and uh, third world kleptocrats who steal their people's uh, savings. I mean, this is not the body of Christ. It's, It's a horrifying thing to even say something like that. And yet that's what he said. And he wrote several books about his bizarre religious views and so on. But this World Core Curriculum, he, he put together the World Core Curriculum. He also put together a teacher's manual. It's called the Teacher's Manual for the World Core Curriculum. And right at the beginning, he admits in the foreword of the teacher's manual, it's signed by him, he admits it was him who wrote it. He says that this World Core Curriculum is based on the philosophy and the teachings of Alice Bailey, and Jval Cool. Now Jval Cool was the chief of these ascended masters. They, they, they call him a Th- the Tibetan. He's of course not Tibetan, he's not a human being, he's a, he's a demon to anybody who's read their Bible. And, um, and this Tibetan is the one who allegedly wrote the book through Alice Bailey on uh, the education in the new age. So you start to get this comprehensive picture of where all this is going. They are preparing the children of the world to accept this diabolical global system that they're building. Um, And and once you start to connect the pieces, you see this in everything. So so Bill Gates, the man who put $2.3 billion of his own money into the creation of Common Core, he actually went over to UNESCO, to UNESCO's headquarters in 2004, and signed an agreement with them on behalf of Microsoft, where they agreed. uh, Phyllis Schlafly got this agreement from Eagle Forum and posted it online. Everybody can see it. Uh, and he signed it with his own hand where they agreed they were going to work on creating global standards, global syllabus, global curricula, global teacher training, global technology implementation. And then came Common Core, uh, less than a decade after that. And I've got a commercial from the people who created Common Core, and they actually admit, they brag about this. They say Common Core is aligned with international standards and so now children in Shanghai and in Paris and in Chicago and in Detroit will all be learning from the same standards. So that is the ultimate objective here. They are moving not just America but the entire planet in the direction of a globalized education system that will usher in, they hope, this global system where biblical principles, biblical morality will be thrown out. And if you read the rest of Alice Bailey's books in context, you realize you know, there's only one way to describe it. It is satanic. Um, she, she talks about the need to uh, eliminate what she calls the heresy of separateness. She's talking about uh, Christians who believe the Bible that we should be holy, that we don't want to be uh, part of the world. You know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Uh, that is what she's after. That and, and, and her demons. That's what they're after. Um, they want to completely eliminate biblical Christianity. They view it as an impediment to the evolution of mankind. Because, again, they view Satan, they view Lucifer as the good guy in this story. And when you realize that the world core curriculum that they want taught in every school on the planet was actually inspired by and based on the teachings of the founder of the Lucifer Publishing Company, um, then you really get the whole picture of where this is going.
2: So, Oh, oh
1: this is going to be fun.
2: So this is an interesting discussion. Um, do, do you want to read about uh, Mr. Uh, – Fetzer, real quick. Uh,
1: I, I will. But as he was talking, I just wanted to, you know, help people see that this is this is not conspiracy. Right. If you go to any of the Department of Education, if I don't care if it's your personal state, like here in, in the state of Indiana, where we are, if you go to the Indiana Department of Education and look for you can see for yourself in all the documentation how we're, they're, they're, sh- they're aiming for, I was going to say shooting, <laughs> Let, let's not, we're, we're, they're aiming for to educate your children as mm-hmm. global citizens. Yes. Global citizens. Because quote unquote, we're in a global economy.
2: Right. You uh, know? Uh, one correction. It is a conspiracy. It's just not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> they right.
2: are conspiring. This yes. is a conspiracy mm. at the highest levels. And it's, I think it's interesting what he notes there. And I and I say this as a note of caution and also encouragement to the church, to the mm-hmm. body of Christ. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance.
1: You are the remnant.
2: You are the remnant. And the reason why they are so hell-bent, literally hell-bent, on coming after Christians is because we're the ones standing in the way.
1: Because we have the truth. The right. truth is the gospel and Jesus Christ. Right.
2: And so that's why the globalists, which literally are Satan worshiping monsters, mm-hmm. they uh, they are constantly conspiring on how to not only eliminate the Jews, but also the Christians. Mm-hmm. And we know from the scriptures that the Lord is going to let them succeed for seven years.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's it. And I, But outside of that, I don't think that they're going to succeed. I think they're going to continue to be frustrated. It doesn't mean that terrible things aren't going to happen. And they're certainly making a lot of strides towards this goal. But uh, unle- until the church is taken out of the way, they will continue to be frustrated.
1: Mm-hmm. So John Earl Fetzer, uh, who he mentioned mm-hmm. there, um, was familiar with – and I'm reading from his bio here. I'll leave a link to it if anybody's interested at fetzer.org. Um, John Earl Fetzer, 1901 to 1991, so he was 90 when he died, Mm -hmm. uh, was familiar with the call of the sacred within the secular. Trained as an electrical engineer, he began his career in 1931 by designing, building, and operating his own radio station that he then expanded into a Michigan-based multi-state broadcasting empire, including radio, television, cable, and closed-circuit music transmission. In his private life, John Fetzer had an intense intellectual curiosity about the, quote, unseen elements of life. He studied various forms of meditation, prayer, philosophy, and positive thinking and explored various healing modalities. From a young age, he also had a passion for baseball, an enthusiasm that led him to purchase the Detroit Tigers baseball club. In his later years, he established an endowment for the Fetster Institute through the sale of the team and his media holdings. The interest... That shaped John Fetzer's life are the seedbed for the questions that define the work of the Fetzer Institute. One, how can the secular and sacred elements of life be better integrated? <laughs> Here we go. Two, how can the insights of science and the power of technology innovation be utilized to explore the capabilities of the mind and spirit? hmm And how can the wisdom and insight gained through inner exploration be used to better our individual and collective well-being? Collective. And how can the entrepreneurial spirit and financial resources gained from the American business sector be used in the service of creating a better world? Well, this sounds
2: like the World Economic Forum talking points.
1: Yeah. uh, And social emotional learning. Can we just go back Mm -hmm. to how much, how Social emotional learning this now by the way, called transformative
2: oh transformative
1: transformative social emotional learning oh,
2: okay okay,
1: okay. Um,
2: it's like conscientious capitalism
1: right <laughs> big business exploded onto the scene billions of dollars right anyway
2: so yeah and I, th- I find it fascinating that you s- we see these patterns over and over again. here's a guy who American entrepreneur made a lot of money and then started exploring this, these weird things, right. And got into the occult and, and meditation, blah, 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 blah. It sounds like the founders of Google mm. sounds like Steve jobs. I mean, it sounds like, um, Elon Musk. I mean, these. it's, it's this, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Right? This has happened over and over and over again. And so that's who John Fetzer is.
1: Okay. And, and he is important because he was the one who funded a lot of the social emotional learning, but he was he a was disciple a of
2: disciple of Alice, Alice Bailey. Bailey. Mm-hmm. So when we come back from break, we're gonna talk about Alice Bailey <laughs> and her buddy, Joel Cool. Okay. Okay, we'll be RB.
1: Hey friends. We love hearing from our listeners who tune into our podcast every week. We're always looking to connect with our community and create content that truly resonates with you. If you have a suggestion or topic you'd like us to cover, you can now write us at fearlessfeatures.org forward slash mailbox. Your support and encouragement mean the world to us, and we couldn't do this without you. Thank you for allowing us to share our passion and knowledge with you. Link to the mailbox is in the show notes. Okay.
2: So, Jwal Kul.
1: Yay. Let's talk about him. Oh, you got, okay. You got to talk about him first. Okay. okay.
2: Um, the Tibetan. Okay. <laughs> and the way you spell this is D-J-W-A-L-K-H-U-L. Kay. Okay. Okay. Jwal Kul. Now, okay. And it's interesting. So, if you just do a simple Google search for Jwal Cool or the Tibetan, uh-huh. you'll find these pictures that are supposedly the Tibetan. He looks like a wise old master okay, wise Tibetan master who's just very friendly and he just wants to share the ancient wisdom with you.
1: Okay, but time out just for a second because we love movies here. Yes. And let's go to flash forward to Batman.
2: Batman Begins. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, really? Hold on here. Let's talk about how Hollywood. Now, am I accusing Hollywood of Knowingly preconditioning a culture. No, I don't know. I know how writers work and <laughs> this stuff could have gone way back. But at some point along the way, uh-huh, somebody either read about this and said, Hey, that's a great character. We should do this.
1: Okay, but time out, let's okay. let's give reference to when what's what's Alice Bailey's timeline? What's w- Alice- when when was she born? Okay, when Alice did her Bailey. writings come uh, out? I
2: think she was born in the twenties. Um, I think around 1920, this book was published in, hold on.
1: One of her, her early manuscripts. right? Okay, Education
2: in the New Age was published in, I think, 1954. Okay. By the Lucius Trust. Right. Used to be, formerly the Lucifer Publishing Company. But before we get to that, yes, let's go back to a little movie called Batman Begins. Uh Uh-huh. And how... These things are subtly laid into culture. Here's. Let here, me just play a little clip here.
1: Bruce, there's somebody here no, no, you simply was... must meet. Now, am I pronouncing this right? Mr. Raz Al Ghul?
2: You're not Raz Al Ghul. I watched him die. But is Raz Al Ghul immortal? Are his methods supernatural? Or cheap parlor tricks to conceal your true identity, Ross Surely a man who spends his nights scrambling over the rooftops of Gotham wouldn't begrudge me dual identities. I saved your life. I warned you about compassion, Bruce. Jewel cool razo ghoul <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> and
2: if you've seen batman begins great movie uh, i love, love it. i love the batman dark knight series <laughs> yeah and i admit i watched it, i thought oh that's a really cool you know cuz he goes to the mountains of tibet uh-huh. to learn his ninja skills to so from, from the tibetan master <laughs> razo ghoul who maybe isn't a real person maybe his methods are supernatural uh-huh uh-huh
1: yeah tell me this saying, didn't I come mean, from
2: i mean come on
1: it, it could be it could be just like <laughs> we're just out there it's fine
2: no i don't think so <laughs> because i remember when we were interviewing alex and he said this and i stopped and him. we all
1: stopped like, and i what? said
2: wait have you seen batman begins yeah. and he, he said no i said oh my word dude raz <laughs> al ghul joal cool
1: it's the same
2: guy <laughs> It's where Uh, Batman learned his ninja skills.
1: Anyway, so Alice Bailey with her Tibetan master. So
2: let me read a little bit from Education in the New Age. Now, this is published in 1954 by Alice Bailey and her.
1: Lucius Trust. (laughs)
2: And and her Jewel Cool. Um. Okay, this is Alice Bailey. In May of this year, 1953, I attended a two-day seminar in Chicago sponsored by the Center for the Study of Liberal Education for Adults, a subdivision of the Ford Foundation uh, called Education in a Democratic Society. Um, At long last, the professional educators are clarifying a common philosophy and are consciously striving to delineate a theory of education Adequate to the new world that is emerging. Can you say new world order? Uh-huh. Uh, three fundamental needs must be met. One, a psychological theory of the human person to be educated. In other words, we have to figure out. We, we must study them. Number mm-hmm. two, a social theory of the kind of society one is trying to create or preserve as a suitable home for the cultural ideas promulgated. And three, a worldview or cosmology, a theory of man's place in the universe in which man is spectator and actor. Uh, Our problem is to attain the kind of overall synthesis that Marxism and neo-scholasticism provide for their followers. Okay. Um, But to get this by the freely chosen cooperative method that Dewey advocated. John Dewey. Just as exactly what Alex was talking about. And Mm -hmm. we should probably talk about John Dewey. We will. On another, Not maybe, on this podcast. Maybe next week. Okay. Um, uh, these universal principles will then provide the norms for education in the new age, as the Tibetan terms it. Okay. The world today suffers from a cultural provincialism based on the dualism of on, an on outward-looking objective attitude of the Western world and an inwardness or subjectivity of oriental societies translation we need to be more like china uh-huh and this cultural provincialism needs in other words national sovereignty needs to be erased we all need to be one world one education
1: it's continual communis- co- communism communism right, marxism right. theory
2: um let me go a little further here, as the Tibetan indicates, on subjective levels, we must provide for the resynthesis of human personality and for the overcoming of the double consciousness that has resulted from the cultural fission which has made the self-negation of the peaceful civilization of the Orient, the overpowering concept of its culture, and the aggressive individualism of the Occident, the ideal of Western man, blah, 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 blah. Accordingly, We need not only the political synthesis of a world federation
1: Mm -hmm.
2: in which the eastern and western hemispheres function like the right and left lobes of a man's brain. With the seat of the world brain serving as the point of decusation of the planetary nerves. The seat of the world brain is the UN.
1: Right. And so you guys can see why this, you know, takes a little while to get through We'll get to, to the Tibetan.
2: To achieve a great orchestration of culture is now. Okay. No, let me there because the. Because
1: um, <laughs> that's the fun part.
2: Okay. The Tibetan. Okay. The, <laughs> and then here she starts talking about the Tibetan. Uh-huh. Um, what page are you on? Well, I'm only in the preface here. Oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, in this education for the New Age, the type of East West philosophy presented by the Tibetan will find its proper setting. Number one, subjective planning. A theory of the creative self-development of the individual. Number two, objective planning. A theory of the good society for human persons to live in.
1: Hmm. So does she say in there who the Tibetan is? Yeah, I'm getting oh, okay, it. Oh, okay,
2: okay. Okay, hold on. Let me.
1: <laughs> I'm, rushing. I'm rushing.
2: All right. Now, um, after you get through the preface, here is, and this is, I think it, what, I've, what I'm finding is that this is in, Every one of her books.
1: In which I'm leaving a link to her, her, her book library. Right.
2: Extract from a statement statement by the Tibetan published August, 1934. Um, <laughs> so this is, this is the demon talking. Buckle up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I need a special effect on my voice. Okay. Um, suffice it to say that I am a Tibetan disciple of a certain degree and this tells you but little, for all are disciples from the humblest aspirant up to and beyond the Christ himself. I live in a physical body like other men on the borders of Tibet, and at times, from the exoteric standpoint, preside over a large group of Tibetan lamas when my other duties permit. What are your other duties, Jewel? Um, it is this fact that it, co- that has caused it to be reported that I am an abbot of this particular lamessary. Those associated with me in the work of the hierarchy and all true disciples are aso- associated in this work, know me by still another name and office. AAB referring to Alice A. Bailey knows who I am and recognizes me By two of my names. This is very cryptic, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Speaking of the hierarchy and his other name and office.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, Okay. I am a brother of yours who has traveled a little longer upon the path than has the average student and has therefore incurred greater responsibilities. Uh, I am one who has wrestled and fought his way into a greater measure of light than has the aspirant who will read this article. And I must therefore act as a transmitter of the light, no matter what the cost. I am not an old man, as age counts among the teachers, yet I am not young or inexperienced. Of course, because you're a demon.
1: But but isn't it fascinating, <clears throat> before you go any further, fascinating that he, he wants to portray himself as light, as a, a barrier? Oh, yes. uh, you know, that is... So just like Satan, anything that the Lord has created Mm -hmm. or said is good, Satan constantly tries to hijack or destroy. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Maybe someone who's listening to this who maybe has studied this can help us figure out who he's referring to. I I seek also to help the Master M and the Master KH whenever opportunity offers, (laughs) for I have long been connected with them and their work haven't figured out who master m is or master kh i'm sure they're also demons mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and it goes on and on and on but this is this this statement from Jwalcool cool himself mm-hmm. and then alice b <laughs> here we go okay you ready mm-hmm. chapter one <clears throat> Okay, introductory statements. The objective is to elucidate the cultural unfoldment of the race and to consider the next step to be taken in the mental development of humanity. Uh, the three points of our general theme are, <clears throat> number one, the technique of the education of the future. Number two, this is where it gets really weird. Mm-hmm. The science of the Antakarana. What's that? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. This deals with the mode of bridging the gap which exists in man's consciousness between the world of ordinary human experience the threefold world of physical emotional mental functioning
1: social emotional learning
2: uh-huh and the higher levels of so-called spiritual development which is the world of ideas of intuitive perception of spiritual insight and understanding
1: well there is spiritual SEL now
2: right and you remember when you when You look at SEL, how much of it is all about teaching kids how to meditate. Mm -hmm. There we go. The science of the Antakarana. Um, Methods of building the Antakarana. This leads to the overcoming of the limitations. That's why they have to teach the kids how to meditate and to invite the demons in Mm -hmm. to get over those limitations. Mm -hmm. Physical and psychological, which restrict man's free expression of his innate divinity. Ah,
1: oh. Right? You're in divinity. Now we're treading on some dangerous territory.
2: <laughs> Here we can only prepare the ground for this third point because the subject involves advanced meditation practices, which must be approached gradually.
1: Oh, well, hey, it reminds me of that school in California that was um, uh, uh, doing the dance to the Aztec gods. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. It's, uh-huh. all,
2: it's all linked. Um, here's another one. Uh, I would reply by reminding you that, quote, as a man thinketh, thinketh, so is he. This is a truism and a platitude of occultism. Therefore, what is true of the individual is also true of the group, and as a group thinks, so does it eventually react. As the group thought waves penetrate into the mental atmosphere of humanity, men become impressed. Then the inaugurating of the new ways of living and of developing proceeds with increased facility
1: <laughs> right 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 we're
2: sending out our thought waves oh and so we're talking talking page 4 we're talking about that we're now in the aquarian age page 5 achieving unity making the at one at one meant attaining alignment um Speaking of the ancient wisdom, which I have given you much in my other books, because okay, this is all from Jawal Kuhl. Cool. Mm-hmm. Here we go into SEL. Okay. Education is therefore the science of the Antakarana. The science of this term is the esoteric way of expressing the truth of this bridging necessity. The Antakarana is the bridge the man builds through meditation, understanding, and the magical creative work of the soul. Between the three aspects of his mind nature. Therefore, the primary objectives of the coming education will be. Okay. Okay. This is, this, in 1953, this is what we're going to do. And this is what CASEL.
1: C-A-S-E-L.
2: Co- Collaborative. Coalition Association for Social and Emotional Learning. Yeah. Okay. Which has infected every aspect of Western education. Castle is in everything. And Castle again, stands for?
1: Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning.
2: Okay, so this is the roots of Castle by their own admission. Number one, to produce alignment between mind and brain through a correct understanding of the inner constitution of man, particularly of the etheric body and the force centers. Okay.
1: Okay? Okay.
2: This is why we have to have occultism and teaching the kids how to meditate. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Number two, to build or construct a bridge between the brain, mind, soul, thus producing an integrated personality, which is a steady developing expression of the indwelling soul. Okay. Mm -hmm. And number three, to build the bridge between the lower mind, soul, higher mind, so that the illumination of the personality becomes possible. Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns.
1: No, <laughs> no, I'm just. I can't wait to just get it condensed into a small video format yeah. so that for people to see because it really is. It's thick to go through. Cause, I mean, just to just to research this stuff is. Um, what is a good word for it? I, I, I have no words.
2: Well, let me. Before we go here, let me. I, I have two sections here that are r- marked with red. <laughs> Because these are are kind of the the kicker here. Um, And I'm on page 13. First of all, in teaching children up to 14 years of age, it is necessary to bear in mind that they are emotionally focused. They need to feel, and rightly to feel beauty, strength, and wisdom. They must not be expected to rationalize before that time, even if they show evidence of the power to do so. What? It's all about how you feel, social, emotional, learning, right? Yes. After 14 years and during adolescence, their mental response to truth should be drawn out and counted upon to deal with presented problems. Even if it is not there, an effort should be made to evoke it. So, are you following?
1: I am following, but I just do want to note here that mm-hmm. if you have not seen The Mind Polluters, I highly encourage you <laughs> to go do. and watch this for yourself. Yes. Um, you can it, at the TheMindPolluters.com. I will mm-hmm. leave a link to it. We, we researched and put this stuff in here. And then to go back and research again, mm-hmm. even deeper into this stuff, it just is mind-boggling.
2: Yeah. Continuing on, uh, secondly, an attempt should be made to approximate the child's place upon the ladder of evolution by a study of his background, his physical equipment, the nature of his response apparatus, and it's with its varied reactions and his major interests. This enquiry sets up a subjective rapport with the child, which is far more potent in its results than would be months and months of strenuously used words in the effort to convey an idea. Doesn't this sound like a data collection? Mm-hmm. We need to collect data on your child so that we can tell them who they are. Remember remember, uh, uh, Yuval Harari? You know, mm-hmm. uh, we have a clip of Yuval Harari in dysphoria where he's talking about how AI, AI can tell you who you are uh-huh. because you don't really know who you are, but it will tell you. Where you lie on the gay straight spectrum. (laughs) Um, Last quote here before we go. We are at this time. We are passing through one of the great natural transitional periods at this time. We are laying the foundation for the emergence of a new species of human being.
1: Wow, sounds just like um, Harari.
2: Mm -hmm. A more highly evolved unit within the human family. Hence, much of our problem and much of the present failure to meet the demands of the race and to measure up to human need for development. We're, we're, we're making a new species of human being, right? That's why we need to reprogram. And uh, doesn't this sound like transhumanism? Absolutely. Right? Laying the foundation for a new species of human being. <laughs> well,
1: check it out. Even here in Indiana... Um, they were trying to put X on our driver's licenses, mm-hmm. and what what does that mean? You're are you a new are you a new kind of person? There's male or female. I mean, you can see where all of these small little changes that keep trying to come down mm-hmm. uh, through the government. Yep. Through our federal government, you know, fortunately that was it was blocked here in Indiana. But oh, that's a bunch of crap <laughs> by our by our then you know Governor Curtis Hill. No. Oh, I may not Governor. I'm sorry, uh, Attorney General. Excuse me. Soon
2: to be Governor. Oh,
1: soon to be Governor. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's so anyway. That's that's Alice. It's just an introduction to Alice Bailey. <sighs> If so, yeah, you should go. If you haven't watched The Mind Polluters, please go do so. And then join us again next week because we'll we'll continue talking a little bit about her. And I think we should, we should talk some about maybe John Dewey. And, yeah, you just you got to understand how deep the rabbit hole really yeah. does go. The bottom line here is to remember that as you look at what's happening, right? SEL, the education system embracing this this new Social emotional learning, uh, comprehensive sex ed. This is all in it comes from somewhere. Well, where it comes from is these massive organizations like Castle Mm -hmm. Castle got it from John Fetzer. John Fetzer got it from Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey was literally demon possessed and writing these books for for decades. Um, One of her other books that I'm reading is called Letters on Occult Meditation. This is the woman who laid the foundation in her books for modern social, emotional learning in the schools. And it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it and you say, how is it that they're teaching? These things are just evil. They're demonic. Yes, because it was written by a demon Mm -hmm. who disguises himself as an ascended master, being of light, the the, the wise old Tibetan.
1: And since we couldn't put it all into the Mind Polluters, we get to share it here now and mm-hmm. then make deeper dive videos yes, of these. So. Yes. So
2: there is going to be more of this. But that's all that I have on Jawal Cool today and Alice Bailey. you have anything else? No. Okay. So
1: that's all the time we have for today, friends. Thanks so much for listening through to the end. And be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share this with your friends and family, especially anybody who's researching education. Um, until next time, march on, saints, and be filled with the spirit. Step aside, please. We have white privilege.